Okay, when I was uh, born again, and I've been thinking about it because it's coming up in about another month, my anniversary, um, when you're born again, you encounter the living God and you experience Him, because that's what being born again means, that you have a life-changing encounter with the living God, and that's the beginning, key word, beginning of a personal relationship with God that's called eternal life. Most people see being born again as having reached the destination where it's really just the beginning. Uh, Romans 6.23 says the gift of God is eternal. eternal life. Good. And the definition of eternal life is found in John 17.3. This is eternal life that you may know God the Father and Jesus Christ whom he sent. And so the gift we have when we are born again is the supernatural ability to have a personal relationship with God, period. To have a personal relationship with anybody, uh, you need three things. You need to be able to see them, you need to be able to hear them, and you need to be able to touch them. That's obvious in all relationships. Amen? Yes. Okay. I was born again on a verse in the third letter of John. And I'm smarter than I look when I first got a Bible after that. Somebody gave me this big, hunkin' big King James Bible because he thought he found out I was born again, thought I might need one, a Bible. And I'm smart. See, I thought, third John, there has to be a second John, and there should be a first John because I am smarter than I look. And so the very first things I read in the scriptures after being born again was first John chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, we saw him with our very own eyes. We gazed upon him and heard him speak. Our hands actually touched him, the one who was from the beginning, the living expression of God. This life giver was made visible, and we have seen him. We testify to this truth. The eternal life giver lived face to face with the Father and has now dawned upon us. So we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard about this life giver, so that we may share and enjoy this life together. For truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus, the Anointed One. If you don't know that version, I'll give it to you in the version you probably do know. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, and we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. If you don't share what you have experienced, your joy is never complete. The reason you share is so people will join you in your fellowship with God. So witnessing is a key point right from the very beginning of your walk with God. When I first read that, I accepted that as the norm for believers. Because it was what I experienced the night I was saved. Um, I saw Jesus in the flesh. Uh, that's called the Christophanies. It's got a theological word connected to it. I heard him speak to me personally and privately, and I've never shared any with anybody what he said, and I never will. And he wrapped his arms around me and hugged me. You have to see him, you have to hear him, and you have to touch him, because that's what builds a relationship with people and with God. I thought that was the norm. 
it took me about six weeks to realize that's not the norm, that most believers um, don't hear God on a regular basis. The other thing I've realized is that there is no norm because everybody's unique. But to have a relationship, in some ways, you have to be able to hear the voice of God. So how do you have a relationship if you can't? And so in many of the churches I work in, in different countries, I literally, from the front, ask people if they hear God for their own personal life on a regular, daily basis. And I would tell you that 99% of the people say no. I can be in a church of 500, I can be in a church of 50, or a church of 5, and less than 2 or 3% would say, yes, they hear God. And I always say personally, for your own daily life, because otherwise people put their hand up because they can prophesy. It's much easier to hear God for someone else than it is to hear God for yourself. The Bible states that any true believer and disciple of Jesus does hear his voice. You might not think you do, and you might not be able to say anything that he's ever said to you personally, but I think the Bible is true and your experience is not. So, John chapter 10. Let's go there. John chapter 10. First John 10? No, letter of, uh, the Gospel of John chapter 10. The first letter of John only has five chapters. So, John chapter 10, verse 3. My sheep, or the sheep, hear his voice. I'm just picking out a piece of the verse. Chapter 10, verse 3. Stay in that chapter. My sheep hear my voice. So when somebody says to me, I don't hear God, I say, well, in reality you do, you just don't know that you're hearing God. Because the Bible is true and your experience is not. Okay? John chapter 10, verse 4. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So not only can you hear his voice, you can know which voice is his if you take the time to determine which voice you're listening to is really his voice. There's so many voices yelling at us in our heads, in our hearts. So let me name a few. I think we've done this before. You have the voice of tradition. You have the voice of religion. Your opinions have a voice. Your feelings yell loudly. They have a very loud voice. Your friends have a voice. Your generation has a voice, your peers have a voice, your past, your wounds, your events, your have a big voice, <laughs> demons have a voice, your culture has a voice, and Jesus has a voice. And you have to determine which voice is his. But the Bible does say they know his voice. But most Christians have never taken the time to sort all those voices out and figure out which voice is his. And the reason they don't take that is because that's hard work. Because Jesus speaks in a whisper. God never yells at you. He's not screaming with all the other voices that are in your head. In fact, the Bible says to us in many places that he whispers. Remember when Elijah went up on the mountain? The earthquake, the fire, the wind, and then the still small voice. So unless you learn how to be still and know that he is God, that's a psalm, um, you won't hear his voice. And then verse 16 John chapter 10, verse 16 says, not only do you hear God's voice, not only will you know which voice is his, but it says in verse 16, they will listen to, and built into that word in the Greek is obey my voice. 
So sometimes Christians hear God and don't obey what they hear, and then he stops talking. And then they're the ones that can say, no, I don't hear God. But that's because they failed to obey what they heard. I think there's four reasons that we miss hearing the voice of God. The first reason we often miss hearing the voice is because we only seek him when we're in a crisis or a crunch. And if the only time you talk to your friend is when you're in a crisis or a crunch, you won't have a friend very long in the natural. Amen? If the only time you talk to your spouse is when you're in a crisis or a crunch, you won't have a marriage very long. Um, so usually people who are Christians, even born-again ones, um, they only talk to God when they're in need of guidance or help. And because of that, God may be giving it to them, but they don't recognize his voice. The second reason we don't often hear his voice, we miss it, is that we decide that we're going to do something and we go to him to confirm it. And every time you do that, God doesn't speak. When you decide to do something and you want him to confirm that it's a good thing or it's the right thing or it's the right time, you will miss hearing his voice because the voice you hear will be an echo of your own voice. You will hear what you want to hear. You will not hear what God wants to say. There's a third reason that we don't think we hear God's voice, and that's because we have too many opinions and too many thoughts and too many feelings that don't line up with the Bible. And so we need to pull down the stronghold. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says we need to pull down the strongholds, all those arguments and opinions. God has never asked me my opinion. <laughs> so I think he doesn't really give a hoot what my opinion is. And then there's a fourth reason that we don't usually think we hear God is we um, go to him when we're emotionally upset. When life is overwhelming us and we're having difficulty coping with people and things and therefore when we go to him and we're emotionally upset, what we really hear is our emotions screaming. And we miss hearing God because God doesn't scream. You can't calm down long enough to hear him. And that's right. So God's people become confused and frustrated because they don't clearly hear what they should do in their daily situations and encounters with God and circumstances. So often we conclude that God is not speaking or not helping us when we have some need that we want him to help us with. The other thing we'll do then is we don't listen anymore or we revert back to a series of formulas or gimmicks for hearing the voice of God. And there are more programs available, more steps um, out there for helping people to hear the voice of God. And it's just formulas and gimmicks and it doesn't work. I think the other thing we do when we don't hear God is we try to be good. Because if we're good enough, we'll earn the voice of God um, or God's attention and maybe receive some wisdom. God wants a dynamic relationship with all of us. And we have to work at cultivating that relationship. And I think that's where we fail. 
We're so busy going to God for things instead of going to God for God. And that was worth writing down. Mm -hmm. So there's no formula. There, everybody's unique. But you have to figure out how you cultivate a personal relationship with God. And then we need, and I think this is the key for everybody if they want to hear God, to focus on developing the kind of relationship with God that will allow him to speak to you, allow you to hear him. Because the closer you get to God, the more you can enjoy a conversation with him. He doesn't do telephones well. So, closer you get to God, the more God will use those conversations to change your life. So here's the warning. You will hear things that you really don't want to hear. So if you're not open to hearing whatever it is God wants to say, you won't hear God. You may, after you hear God, need to change some things in your life, which is another reason people don't hear God. You may be seriously pushed to change who you are because some of us are not who God wants us to be. You may be encouraged to build relationships you don't want. You may be asked to go places you don't want to go. You will certainly feel stretched and challenged if you hear his voice. You may become uncomfortable because he's going to ask you to be vulnerable and transparent before others. But the thing that you will become is the person God wants you to be. Because if you don't hear God, you can't be that person. So I think there's nine things, and I know I don't do these nine things very often, nine things to think about, nine things that you might want to discuss with others that you trust, um, nine things that would help you to hear God accurately. Number one, recognize that God has created you for a close relationship with him. You don't need to earn it. You don't deserve it. It's a gift. You hear God best in the context of a relationship with him. If the only time you talk to God is when you have a need, that's not a relationship. That's a dispensary. That's a yeah, genie in a bottle. When we, most Christians speak to God daily because they want or they need something. And that's not what we're talking about. Most times we speak to God because we need wisdom in a situation or patience in a situation or whatever it is. Or we need to know what the next step in our ministry is. And that's not what I'm talking about. Just build a good relationship with God for who he is. Go to God for who he is. If the only time someone talks to me is when they need a prophetic word, I don't have a relationship with them. If the only time I talk to somebody, they talk about themselves all the time, I don't have a relationship with them. So if it's all you do is when you go to God because you need wisdom, understanding, patience, uh, whatever. If that's the only time you go to God, then you don't have a relationship. So my first point is really simple. You need to understand you were created for a close personal relationship with God. And that means you should stop talking about your needs, your wants, your dreams, your desires, your emergency, your crisis, whatever it is that you go to God for, and just build the relationship. He's your focus. Now, maybe that's something we all should have understood, but 
if you look at most people's prayer lives, they have a shopping list. They don't go to prayer to build a relationship or to come to know God better. To know God better means you have to listen. And we're not very good at that. Amen? All right, number two. You have to consider your motives for wanting to hear from God. You have to reflect on why are you wanting to hear God's voice? Are you truly open to whatever God might say? Are you committed to putting his guidance into action? Are you committed to fulfilling his purpose? Even if it's challenging, even if it's difficult, even if it's dangerous? Or are you just wanting a relationship with God so you can feel safe and secure and comfortable and loved and righteous and all those things? So what's your motive for having a relationship with God? And I think that motive needs to change if you're not hearing God. Okay? Okay, number three. Make your goal more than just hearing God. Although hearing God may be important, that's not your ultimate goal. Having your needs met is not your goal in hearing God. Receiving direction is good, but that's not your goal. Your goal should be, am I repeating myself, a close personal relationship with God. And that will result in a spiritually mature person who will have their needs met and will get guidance and direction from God and will know the next step to take in their life or their ministry. But your goal isn't just to hear God. Number four, you need to know that you're important to God, but you need to stay humble. When you begin to hear God, pride is going to come into your life if you're not careful, and God resists the pride, proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's James chapter 4, verse 6. And so as you begin to hear the voice of God on a regular basis, be careful that you don't kind of get puffed up. Don't let pride creep into your soul. Um, I watch a lot of young people. We teach them how to hear the voice of God, and they get really seriously good at the prophetic, and then they get really proud because they can hear God for anybody at any time because that's how we teach them to do it. And then all of a sudden you realize they're no longer walking with God. And the reason for that is God is resisting them because they become proud. So I always remind young people, so what you can hear God for other people and for yourself. Um, you can prophesy, I'm really pleased, but God could use a donkey. And he has in the Old Testament, to prophesy. Yeah. So don't take yourself too seriously. Okay, number five. Don't try to force God to tell you something. Just go and let God determine the agenda. It's interesting. When we prophesy over people, they come because they want to hear God speak an answer to their problem and it's amazing that God never directly addresses their problem because God doesn't want to speak about the things you want him to speak about. His thoughts are 
higher than your thoughts and his ways are greater than your ways. And so therefore, if we would just stop trying to get him to talk about X, Y, or Z, and he'll talk about A, B, and C instead, you'll hear God because he's talking about what he wants to talk about and you're not trying to force him to talk about your issues. I'd rather hear his issues, if you don't mind me saying that. So what do you do when you don't hear God? Well, you determine whether the decision you've got to make is in line with biblical morals and ethics, virtues and values. And if they are, and you could take, you know, pathway number one, two, or three, pick one. You don't need to hear God tell you which one. Just pick one and walk down it. And if the peace of God that passes all understanding disappears, you pick the wrong one. Go back to where you started and pick the next one. And that's found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. The peace that God gives is to guide you in the decisions that you make. Colossians 3.15. That's a good news Bible, but it's, it's a valid translation. The peace that Christ gives is to guide you in the decisions you make. So I don't always know whether A, B, or C is the right decision, so I just pick one, as long as they're within the biblical boundaries. Number six. You need to recognize that God communicates in many forms, but most often he talks to your spirit. So God has a thousand ways, I am sure, to speak to us. Um, some of them are dramatic. Uh, you can have God speak to you by an angel, um, but be careful because that's how Mormonism started. God can speak to you in a vision. That's how a lot of Muslims are getting saved. God could speak to you in a miraculous event that you're involved in. But most often, God will speak to your spirit in a still small voice. So John chapter 4, verse 24 says that God the Father is a spirit, and we worship him in spirit and in truth. So when God, who is a spirit, wants to speak to you, he speaks to the Holy Spirit who lives in your born-again spirit. And your spirit hears and sees everything 100% accurately and clearly because the Holy Spirit lives in you and God knows how to talk and the Spirit knows how to listen. The problem is that what you receive is perfect, the perfect message from God, but it's got to come through your soul and that's your mind, will, and emotions and that's where it gets all screwed up. And by the time it gets to your head, one, you know very little. You've got one or two little details, not the whole picture. But two, even those two little details may be slightly wrong or greatly wrong. <laughs> so, and you know the story of Balaam, uh, how he went to God and see if he could actually prophesy against Israel. And God said, no, no, and then yes. And the third time, the yes was really a no, but Balaam had not a clear channel from his spirit to his mind. Reed got in the way, and so he thought he heard God change his mind. That's in Numbers 22, if you want to go through the story. So God speaks to your spirit, and he can do that through your Bible, in prayer, through a teaching, through people, especially young people, through a teaching, through books, through some dramatic event in your life. He could speak directly, audibly. Here's, here's why I've said all that. Often you will leave your time with God and not think he said anything. And two days later, you'll have an aha experience. 
It took two days for the voice of God to go from your spirit where you didn't recognize you heard him to your head. So two days later, that empty devotional time wasn't empty. It was very full. But it took two days for you to realize that God actually spoke to you. Okay, number seven. You need to renew your mind. Philippians 2.5 says we are to have the mind of Christ. Um, that would mean, because I've been thinking about that, what does that really mean? It means that we're going to make decisions and live our lives as Jesus would. What would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus feel in this situation? What would Jesus say in this situation? Um, and that is so critical that if you want to look it up, please, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And you probably know it by heart. Do not be conformed to this world. But let me read it to you in this version. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we need to renew our minds with the word. Um, But that means you need to know what the word really says, not what you think it says. Which means you need to get rid of your religious thinking, your traditional thinking. You need to get rid of your agenda when you're reading the scripture. Um, the more you know God's word, I mean really know what it says, not what you think it says, not what you want it to say, and don't use it as a proof text for something you've decided you're going to do, the more we know God's word, the more we hear God's voice, and the more accurately it becomes. You will hear him much more accurately. Again, when I'm teaching young people to prophesy, the better you know your Bible, the better you will prophesy. Because God uses his word in the prophetic words you speak. So it's the same thing. All right, number eight. Something I fail to do some mornings because I'm too tired probably. Invite the Holy Spirit to help you when you read the written word. He was the one who inspired it. He knows it better than you do. So when you read the Bible, ask the Holy Spirit to make the Bible words come alive. Um, I've been doing this more and, and maybe better recently. And so I have gone from three chapters a day sometimes to three verses um, because all of a sudden it opens up and it, I go somewhere else with it or I just sit there and think about it or I journal about it. Um, he can speak to us every day through the Word if we will allow the Holy Spirit to work in that Word. All right, so let's look up Hebrews chapter 4. Not something you don't know. Hebrews chapter 4. So I'm not doing as much Bible reading as I used to. I, re I spend as much time in the Bible. I just don't get as much read anymore because of this point. Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of soul and of spirit, joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. If it's not doing that for you, that's because you're not asking the Holy Spirit to do it for you, because he's the one who's going to do it. So the word of God has to come alive 
as we're reading it, Passion Translation, for those of us who are using it, we have the living Word of God, which is full of energy, and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where our soul and our spirit, the bone and the marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. Whoa! If it's not doing that, then the Holy Spirit isn't working with you. Okay, number nine, last one, most difficult one. Set aside a regular time to listen for God. And expect God to speak. I travel a lot and I lose the discipline or the yeah the discipline of how my day functions. Uh, let me give you an, a different example than the Bible. Um, I have my little pillbox for the day and it has morning, noon, supper, and nighttime. And when I'm home, it goes to a certain place on my desk. I don't forget it. I ever take the pills the right way at the right time every day. When I'm traveling, I take those with me and I'm going to bed realizing I didn't take the morning medicine, let alone the supper medicine, let alone now I'm taking the nighttime medicine because I've lost my discipline. Well, I lose my Bible discipline as well when I travel because sometimes you don't even know what day it is when you get overseas or even to some place as simple as Manitoba because there's demands, schedules change, there's no regular routine. So we... I need, I'm speaking to myself, to learn how to set aside a time that's regular to listen to God and to come expectant. Not just come to read my Bible, come expecting to hear God. So the two words that if you're writing notes, I would write down would be intentional and expectant. I come intentionally expecting to hear God. And to listen to what he has, because what he needs to say is more important than what I need to say. Amen? So, I listen for his heart, not just for information. I have more information than I'm ever going to use. I have file folders full of it, file cabinets full of it. I'm tired of information. I want to know what is God thinking, what is God feeling, and what is God saying. And if I get some wonderful three P's out of some verse someplace or six E's or something, that's great. That's a sideline. I want to hear what God is thinking. I want to hear what God is feeling. And I want to hear what God is saying to me. And that's what I come expecting him to speak. And because I expect, I've determined that he's going to. He will. He does. All right. And one final comment. Keep a journal. Oh, how many thousands of times have I said that? Keep a journal because you want to remember the things that he spoke that are going to bring life to you. Mm-hmm. And some of the things he speaks tomorrow may not be applicable for a year, two years. And if you don't write them down, you're not going to remember them. And it's not just because I'm getting old either. I am living through a prophetic word that I received in October of 2015. If it wasn't written down, I wouldn't have remembered it. And God told me one day to go find it. It was, you spoke a prophetic word over me, so did you. It was at a school in Ohio. And I went looking for the copy of it. I can't find the electronic copy, but I have a paper copy. 
and I'm living through it. Everything in it is happening right now. So if you don't journal what God says, you're going to miss something. So that isn't point number 10. That's sort of the overall thing. If you go in expecting God to speak, for goodness sakes, have paper and pen so that you can write things down. I don't understand how Christians live a life that's pleasing to God or that has any value to themselves if they're not able to hear God. And I mean regularly. And not just for other people. Because it is much easier to hear God for other people. <laughs> so, no, that's right. So, all right. Comments, questions?